Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. It is going to be a Dr. Z and Dr. L episode where we're going to be tackling thyroid eye disease. But before we do that, we want to talk about our weekly insight. And this weekly insight is kind of a fun one, right? Because the days are getting longer. The weather is getting warmer here in the Northeast. And we just wanted to talk about how how excited we are that summer is coming. I always know that the first sign of summer is here on the eastern end of Long Island. when My husband starts to bring home local strawberries <laughs> but it is like the kickoff of the summer and i have to say that these strawberries are so sweet and delicious they put dole strawberries to sh- to shame um they are nothing like the ones that you get in the grocery store they're just the flavor is so robust so i am just so excited that the warmer weather is upon us um and i know dr l got to experience the strawberries too did teddy love them Oh, he did. We were so excited. We got our home delivery from our farm share from Dr. Zilnicki's husband yesterday. And the strawberries are so delicious. Definitely not like the strawberries you get in the store. Uh, Teddy and I actually had them for our breakfast this morning together. And it's honestly all Teddy wanted to eat. I gave him, I think, five strawberries and I give them to him whole. He gets upset if I cut them up now. He wants the whole thing. Um, And (laughs) in two seconds, he was asking for more berry, more berry. And we went through about half the amount that we got, but that really made his day. Yeah, there's they're something special. My kids are, I, I swear that they eat their their body weight in strawberries during this time of the year. You know, it's such a short season with fresh strawberries. They're not, it's not very long. And, you know, if we get too much rain, like it's even shorter. So uh, we definitely eat as many strawberries as we can this time of the year. So for our today's disease topic, we wanted to really tackle thyroid eye disease um, because I think it's kind of a hot topic. As we'll get to later in the episode, there's some newer treatment options that are very exciting. Um, and this is something that really does inflict a lot of people. So before we jump into the disease part, let's just do a little bit of background on your thyroid gland. So your thyroid gland, this is actually the largest endocrine gland that's found within your body. And it helps regulate your heart rate, your body temperature, your breathing rate, and metabolic rate, which are all really important functions. So if this gland is not functioning properly, it can really affect your body and how you feel. The thyroid gland is located right in the base of your neck. It's only two centimeters wide, and it's connected both on the right and left side by an isthmus. And it it really ties into your hypothalamus as well. There's kind of this negative feedback loop that works between your hypothalamus and your thyroid gland. So as we'll get to later, if your hypothalamus isn't working properly, it can actually lead to thyroid disease as well. Yeah, and thyroid disease, it's an autoimmune condition that affects the body. So the antibodies actually start to attack the body itself. And I, when we were doing research for this topic, for this episode, I couldn't believe that this number, that 20 million people suffer from thyroid disease with 12 plus million people going undiagnosed or unaware that they have a thyroid dysfunction. And I think that those numbers are huge. You know, I I, I guess because the, the nature of our profession, right, it's sort of a question that we always have. Have you had recent blood work? Is your thyroid being checked? Um, But it's really interesting to know that there are over 12 and a half million people that don't know that they have a thyroid dysfunction. So what are some signs and symptoms of thyroid dysfunction? You may have hair loss, brain fog. A big one is fatigue and 
and just overall tiredness, just general tiredness, even though you're getting enough sleep, memory problems, you might feel very cold all of the time. Some patients experience extreme weight gain for no explained reason, or even on the opposite, depending on the issue, you might also have weight loss. You might have horse hoarseness, depression, or mood swings, and just abnormal bowel movements. And if for a female, your menstruation cycle might also be affected. So I know these when the symptoms that I went over can be caused by a lot of different things, but if you have one or two or three of these that kind of ring true for you, you might want to get your thyroid levels checked. So it's good to kind of know the signs and symptoms of the disease just in case. Right. And then one more background piece we want to hit is how thyroid disorders can occur. Cause there's actually three different ways they can occur. And it's going to kind of lead us into our specific talk with the eye and also guide our conversation later with treatment managements. So the primary way your thyroid can have a dysfunction is when you have those antibodies attacking the thyroid gland itself, and it actually causes destruction of that gland. The second way you can have a thyroid disorder is if that pituitary gland fails to secrete thyroid stimulating hormone properly. And then the third way a thyroid disorder can occur is if there is that hypothalamus dysfunction. So with this third way, you can actually have perfectly normal thyroid function, but it's because your hypothalamus isn't working properly that you have a thyroid disorder. And this really leads us into thyroid eye disease, our main topic for today. So to start off, I really want to highlight that you can have thyroid eye disease with a combination of thyroid functionality. You can have hyperthyroid where your thyroid is functioning too high. You can have thyroid eye disease with hypothyroidism where your thyroid isn't working enough. And you can actually have eye disease if you have a perfectly normal thyroid function. Um, so that's a really important piece that I want you to remember um, because thyroid testing in and of itself isn't always enough because you can have normal thyroid levels but have thyroid eye disease. So what exactly is occurring with thyroid eye disease? It's that autoimmune disorder where your antibodies are attacking the cells of your thyroid that are responsible for function within your eye. So you get this inflammatory disorder that can really affect the tissue around the eye and the eye itself. And it can occur in several different forms. It can be very mild and non-progressive and actually self-limiting in nature, where sometimes you may not need much intervention. However, it can really develop onto a more progressive, severe inflammatory phase, if the inflammation is severe enough with the tissue around the eye, it can actually start to compress on your optic nerve. And that's really the disease we're most concerned about because it actually lead to blindness. So like I was saying before, 20 million people suffer from thyroid eye disease, but let's talk specifically about the thyroid eye disease. So it is actually the most common cause of orbital disease in the US and in Europe. It affects 16 in 100,000 females and three in 100,000 males. So you can see there's definitely a higher occurrence in the female population than the male population. And often um, there is what we call a bimodal curve to this disease, meaning that there's kind of two peaks that the, in the age demographic that this happens. So it often happens between 40 and 44 year olds in females and 60 to 64 in females. And for males, it's a little bit older, it's 45 to 49, and then 65 to 69. Um, there is an associated risks of grave disease and thyroid eye de disease developing at a younger age if you have a high family history. So 
although we we have these age norms just because we have those doesn't mean that you can't suffer from thyroid eye disease as a younger person. Now, what are the risk factors? Like we just talked about family history, right? Fortunately, we can't pick who our parents are um, <laughs> and family history does play a big role here. Uh, females definitely have that uh, a five times increased risk and are more likely of developing more severe disease than their male counterparts. It is linked also to selenium and vitamin D deficiency. Again, we talked about not so long ago how important yearly physical exams are to check your blood work. This is a good reason too, right? Because if you're a little bit vitamin D deficient, it could trigger your thyroid eye disease to progress. There is also a risk with viral and bacterial infections, right? When the body's down and out, sometimes these things flourish. And the big one, smoking. There is an eight times increased risk of developing thyroid eye disease with smoking. Just don't smoke. I can't wait until smoking is not a thing, Dr. L. I don't know why anybody does it anymore. It's so expensive and it wreaks havoc on the body. So just don't smoke. But those are the big, big risk factors. There are some things, like I said, that you can control, but other things that you can't like your family history. Exactly. So now let's talk a little bit about clinically uh, what we're thinking about and seeing with thyroid eye disease. So what's occurring is these improper amounts of thyroid hormones are actually activating pathways that lead to excess fat, muscle growth, and fiber cells within the orbit, the eye itself. So all of these findings that we're going to go through now are because there's this extra tissue essentially occurring within the eye. Um, and in thyroid eye disease, it kind of has two different courses. One is an active progressive phase, which is very inflammatory in nature that usually lasts about 12 to 18 months. And then there's an inactive, more stable phase where once that inflammation kind of dies down, you're left with this fibrous post-inflammatory phase that can last up to five years. So it's really important to know which phase you're in because that can also direct your treatment and management. Another caveat to thyroid eye disease is that it's kind of a separate component to thyroid disorder. So if you have a known thyroid disorder and you're taking medication for it and it's being managed properly and your levels are completely normal, you can still have thyroid eye disease. Simply managing the thyroid itself isn't enough to always control the eye disease. So let's get into how the thyroid can affect the eye. So the first area that can be affected is your eyelid itself. So if there is extra tissue within the eyelid, it can affect your lid position um, where your lids cannot may not close properly, um, or they may lag a little bit. Um, so if that is occurring, things that we can do to try to help are to tape your eyelids. You know, if your lid isn't functioning properly and it's not closing properly, that's really leaving your cornea exposed, which can lead to dry eye. So we want to try to build up moisture and change that lid position as much as possible. So we may tape your eyelid shut at nighttime. Um, lid weights can actually be put within your eyelid to help weigh down that lid to help it close a little bit more properly. Uh, we may recommend something like a goggle to wear at nighttime to really help keep that surface of the eye protected. Um, we may recommend artificial tears or ointments, again, to keep the front surface of the eye lubricated. And some people actually may need lid surgery just to help correct that lid position and help it function better. Yeah, and I think it's important to know, you know, this is what we do, but sometimes you can see the patient when they walk in and you can tell even before looking at them, that they probably have a thyroid dysfunction. There's a very distinct look to their lids that their their lids are really retracted back and their eyes are kind of bulging a little bit. And it, it's very, what we like to call pathognomonic of thyroid eye disease. So that's definitely something that's very, very common. The lid retraction 
it's up to 90% in frequency when you have thyroid eye disease. So that's a really big indication that there might be something going on. Yeah. The, the finding that Dr. Z said with your, your Liz bulging, we call that exophthalmos. And so we actually have a tool where we can actually measure how much your eyes are bulging. And that's kind of a way too for us to tell as we introduce management options, we can actually see if that measurement is changing over time to see if we're changing how much that eye is bulging. Yeah. So now the conjunctiva, this is related to uh, the conjunctiva is that white part of the eye. This is related often to problems with the lids because they, the eye, whites of the eyes can become very red and inflamed and really uncomfortable, often due to the fact that the lids aren't closing properly. So what we do for that is we, we often give artificial tears, lubricating drops. Again, sometimes we have to tape those eyelids closed to really preserve the conjunctiva. You know, the structure of the eye is designed so that every piece has an important function. And if one of them is off, it can have a, a subsequent effect on all parts of the eye. So the white part of the eye is definitely affected due to the lid not closing properly. Now, the next part of your eye that can be affected is your cornea. That's the clear covering that goes across the front part of your eye. And a lot of these corneal side effects are because of those changes in lid position. So your cornea is really the, that front surface of the eye and your tear film lays right over that cornea. And a lot of the, the health of your tear film really actually comes from the interaction of your lid. So if your lid isn't blinking properly, not closing properly, your tear film is going to be unhealthy or uneven on the front part of the eye. You may not have enough tear film and then the cornea underneath is going to become dry. So we can see signs of dryness. We can see irritation to the cornea where the top layer of your cornea is almost like a skin layer. It's made of epithelium. And when it becomes really dry, it can almost slough off. And we can see areas of that when we put special dye within your eye that kind of light up and stain for us. So again, a lot of the management of these dry eye or cornea side effects are lubrications, heavy lubrications with artificial tears throughout the day, ointments at nighttime. We may even recommend like a systemic or oral steroid in very advanced corneal disease. If the cornea becomes so severely dry, it can actually start to scar. And those patients may need to go on and actually need a corneal transplant surgery. Yeah. Dry eye is can really affect your life. We highlighted that a few weeks ago when we spoke with Dr. Epstein on the podcast. Um, and, you know, everyone thinks dry eye is simple and everyone kind of suffers from it, but it really can negatively impact your life. So the dryness piece to thyroid eye disease is really important to manage and to manage effectively and aggressively so we don't get to that point of that corneal scarring and needing that transplant. So the next area is the orbit itself. And this is where that fat and swelling really comes into play. Uh, because it can affect the eye muscles in the back of the eye, and it can cause double vision and can restrict eye movement. This is pretty severe thyroid eye disease, and it really affects the person's life. And what we do for the double vision is we often treat it with prism to alleviate that double vision temporarily, because this as Dr. L had mentioned, this can last up to five years and it can change. Uh, that double vision isn't always stable. It can get worse. It can get better. It's really a moving target for the eye doctor to follow up with the patient very frequently. Uh, sometimes we need to do surgical decompression to really get that swelling away from the optic nerve head. Any type of swelling can cause a lack of blood flow and lack of blood flow causes can lead to cell death, which can lead to permanent blindness. So we need to make sure that that's not happening. Also, 
sometimes we use about Botox to help as well, depending on what is presenting for the patient. And I have a wonderful patient that I've been treating for thyroid eye disease for, I think like three, it's been three years that she's been under my care with, she came in uh, referred from another doctor that didn't deal with PRISM. And we've been managing her getting her single with lots of glasses changes over the years, but she's finally at a stable point where everything is where it needs to be. Um, we got, we have her single and she's happy and she feels like she has her life back, but we're still managing it. Like I said, we're in year three and you know, there are good days and bad days, but overall she's doing really, really well, but it's really important for the doctors listening to know that these patients aren't ones that you see every, yearly. You know, I've been following her every eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks for the past three years, just to check in and make sure that things are stable for her. This episode is brought to you by Luminous. For over 50 years, Luminous has developed innovative gold standard devices for eye care, like the first SLT laser, the first argon laser photocoagulator, and the revolutionary dual path SLT and YAG laser. Luminous, the inventor of intense pulse light, or IPL, is proud to announce the first and only IPL system to receive FDA approval for management of dry eye disease and to launch OptiLite, a bright solution for dry eyes. OptiLite uses Luminous's patented optimal pulse technology to allow consistent, precise, and controlled treatment. If your patients suffer from dry, gritty, tired eyes, and dry eye disease due to meibomian gland dysfunction that is impacting their quality of life and their vision, OptiLite puts the power for treating dry eye disease in the palm of your hand. OptiLite breaks the dry vicious cycle of inflammation and delivers improvement in tear breakup time and other clinical signs of dry eye disease. To learn how you can elevate dry eye management with OptiLite, visit Luminous.com slash OptiLite. So as you can tell, uh, thyroid eye disease can really impact really every part of the eye and really cause some debilitating symptoms where it can really impair your vision. You can have very decreased vision. It can you know, cause severe dryness. It can be hard to manage. And it's actually been found that patients that have thyroid eye disease, it really impacts not only their activities of daily living and how they function throughout the day, but it can have a really big impact on their emotional state as well. It's been found that patients with thyroid eye disease actually have an increased risk of emotional disorders, increased risk of suicide, decreased confidence, even social isolation and anxiety because their symptoms are so severe. So managing these patients can really be life-changing for them because they may have difficulty, you know, just doing their normal things that they want to do in their life because of how they're feeling and what their vision is like. Um, but it also is impacting how they feel about themselves and how comfortable they feel in situations. So any management that we can give these patients really, really can be life-changing. Um, and, you know, the, the management options really run the gamut. Some of the things that we're going to go through now are really just lifestyle changes that can help thyroid eye disease. Um, and then we're going to move on to, you know, some medication options. And then, you know, surgery sometimes in end-stage disease is unfortunately what you have to go to, but surgeries can be very effective. So Dr. Yeah. Z, do you want to go through some simple lifestyle changes that can help? Yeah. So my favorite one, stop smoking. Um, I know. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's the one that I um, am a big, big advocate for. Just stop smoking. I know it's not as simple as I'm making it out to be, especially if you've been a lifelong smoker. I know that it's difficult, but there are a lot of options and treatment availability to help you in that smoking cessation process. Uh, my mom herself 
she smoked when we were little, even at eight years old, I asked my mom to stop smoking. Um, that was what I wanted for my birthday. Like no pressure, right? Now that I'm a mom, like no pressure, poor, poor mom. And she actually got hypnotized and that was wh what helped her stop smoking. So there's lots of options out there. Uh, the other thing that we can do is to decrease your sodium intake, right? We're often oversalt all of our food. So de decreasing that sodium intake. And you can also increase your selenium intake. You can find selenium in meat. So pork, beef, turkey, chicken, fish, shellfish, and even eggs, and even some, some beans, especially Brazil nuts are really, really good in selenium. So try to eat real food. I think that's like the take home, right, is to uh, really eat well and to decrease your sodium intake, no smoking, and to really just eat um, good food. Great. And then from a medical standpoint, just make sure that you're getting your routine care, get your routine physical. Um, sometimes thyroid blood work isn't always part of a routine workup. But if you're experiencing any of those symptoms you talked about before, like unexplained fatigue, changes in appetite, changes in weight that just are unexplained, definitely press your doctor for thyroid level testing, um, because you just never know. And your doctor can also, you know, manage some of those symptoms through vitamin supplements, maybe steroids, even immunotherapy is an option. And there's a really exciting new medication treatment that is out for thyroid eye disease called Tepeza. So it's been highlighted a lot. Uh, there's a commercial floating around that they're playing. Um, and it's a really, really exciting novel treatment. It's actually the first FDA approved treatment for thyroid eye disease, which is very exciting. It just got approved in early 2020. And this is a really important milestone in the treatment of thyroid eye disease because it offers an alternative non-surgical treatment option. And it really gets at the underlying disease, not just the symptoms themselves. A lot of other management options that we highlighted, they're really just managing the symptoms, but not changing anything with the thyroid eye disease where it's not changing any of that inflammation or post-inflammation fibrous tissue that has formed. It's not taking any of that away. It's just really helping manage the symptoms that occurred afterwards. So this is really unique and that is actually going to help treat that underlying disease process. So the way Tepeza works is actually an intravenous medication. It gets injected into your arm um, and it helps change how your immune system is responding to the, that autoimmune response. So when you have those antibodies forming that mistakenly attack your muscle and fat tissue behind your eye, Tepeza blocks the receptor to completely stop this process. So it can actually help reduce that muscle and fat tissue swelling. So it can help improve a lot of these symptoms that we talked about. It can help that, that bulging eye appearance. It can help decrease double vision, help decrease eye pain, redness, and swelling. The typical course uh, lasts about five months. Your first two treatments are about 90 minutes in length, um, and the next six are only about an hour long. And then you get an infusion of this medication every three weeks for about eight doses. So that takes you to about a five-month treatment course. Wow, that is, you know, I've been seeing the commercials, but I never really understood about the, like how the medication actually worked. This is like a game changer. And I, like you said, it's getting to the root of what's causing the issues, right? And we're not just managing symptoms, we're actually managing the disease itself, which is exciting. And I think is going to be really, like I said, a game changer in treating thyroid eye disease. So it's super exciting. So thyroid disease and thyroid eye disease is very, very prevalent. This is really the things that we want you to take home from today, that it is really prevalent 
that you should be getting your yearly physicals. If you're experiencing any of these symptoms, make sure to see your eye doctor so that we can manage these better because these diseases can really negatively affect your daily life and cause visual impairment and really have long-term effects on your overall function. And we don't ever want to see that because there are treatment options available for you. But at the end of the day, thyroid eye disease and thyroid disease in itself is treatable and there's options for you. So make sure you get out to see your eye care physicians and your regular physicians. All right, listeners, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.